Isaiah chapter 35, please. Isaiah chapter 35, and we'll look at verse 8. Isaiah chapter 35, and we'll read verse 8. The passage is a doctrine concerning about the millennial kingdom. At the millennial kingdom, the Lord Jesus Christ will reign as King of kings and Lord of lords, and no one will be able to put him down at that day. And at that day, at the land of Israel, God says that it is going to be a pathway pure of holiness. No sin allowed, and nobody sick, and nobody hurt. It will be pure per perfection. Yes. Every able body, every perfect body, a sinless state. Amen. And how he describes it is as follows at verse 8. And an highway shall be there, and a way, and in it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those. The wayfaring men, though fools, shall not err therein. Now this passage, how I can see, is spiritually applied to us, is that the Lord He's prepared you a way, and there are so many hymns that talks about on my way to heaven, I'm going home to heaven. And during this highway, as we're walking along, we've got to understand that there will be sometimes unclean things that hinder us from walking along our path, spiritually growing. But this is known as the way of holiness, as you might notice in your verse. In the way of holiness, we've got to be determined, as that book says, the unclean. The unclean shall not pass over it. And I strongly believe the reason why there are so many things in your walk with Jesus Christ, something's holding you back. Something is preventing you from spiritually growing. But a lot of times we don't realize what it is. And usually we look at our sins or our problems but I believe the number one thing we don't look at is the causes. The causes. Sure, we look at our sins and our problems, but we don't look at the causes behind those things. If we were to look at the causes behind those things, then we would realize what's preventing us from walking along our path. What's preventing us from walking along our path is because there was a cause, a blockade to begin with. Something put it there. Whatever that unclean thing that's blocking along the holy highway to heaven, you better get it out of the road. It shall not pass. The title of my sermon today is Unclean Litter on the Holy Highway. Let's pray. God, my Father, as we are driving along this holy highway to heaven, I pray that any litter that be along this road, that will be cleared out by the precious blood of the Lamb that you'll give us victory, that you'll fill within me the power of your Holy Spirit. Forgive me of my iniquities and use this vessel, this broken vessel, to keep giving you glory and honor as you have used this broken vessel so many times over and over again. Do it again, Father, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. My first point, we're going to keep looking at this main text over here. First point at verse 8 is, And an highway shall be there, and the way, and it shall be called the way of holiness. So that's what I want to concentrate is the first part of that text. 
is that you'll notice over here that it is a highway that is going to be there and this way is going to be the way of holiness. So, if it is called the way of holiness and the highway shall be there, we've got to realize that. We've got to understand the highway we're walking upon is holy ground. We think that this body is our own. Our lives are our own. The path we're walking along, this highway that we're going to, heading toward is our own. We take life normally. But 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 says, What? Knowing not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. Amen. You see, so many Christians do not open their eyes and see that there, these certain things are holding back our spiritual progress. A lot of times we would say, well, I can't come to church that day. Well, I can't do silt winning that time, Lord, when, the, when there was a person you given to me, Father. I couldn't read my Bible and pray that time. And, but you got to understand this, is that a lot of times when we say these things, we don't realize that it could be worldliness. That's the reason why that prevented us from doing the spiritual thing. It could be the sin itself that's holding us back from doing the spiritual thing. Or it could be discouragement itself or busyness. Either or. It could be any of those things that those are the reasons why you have not been spiritually growing in the Lord. And that's the reason why God hasn't been answering your prayers. That's the reason why the trials in your life have not been improving. And that's the reason why you don't feel like there's true joy in your Christian walk. Or you would feel that when you're trying to spiritually accomplishing, accomplish something for the Lord, you're struggling. Or you feel like it's still small, it's not enough. And the main reason why is simple, is because you're not seeing that, hey, this is the problem. I've got to stop making excuses and justify my actions and reasons and remain ignorant and blind. And I've got to realize why I'm not reading my Bible, why I'm not praying, why I'm not coming to church, why I'm not spiritually growing. It's because of these things. These things. Why aren't my... So let's start off with your current situation. Let's go backwards. If we go backwards, maybe we can open our eyes a bit and see the actual problem. Let's start off with your current life. Do you really feel like the Lord has given you the joy that you wanted? Can you honestly say that you've been seeing God answering your prayers? Can you honestly say that the trials you're going through, you're seeing improvement? That you're maturing out of it? That you're getting better at it? Let's look at your spiritual work you're doing for the Lord. Do you feel like you're still struggling? Do you feel like, man, it's still so small? Well, let's go backwards then, if you still, if you have these problems. Let's go backwards then. Then I wonder if it's worldliness then. Is it because you're still tied to the world? What is it? Your property? Your work? Your school life? Is it possession? Is it fame? You want to receive more recognition? A higher promotion? A higher salary? To transfer to a better school, a better opportunity? To win public adoration from your friends around you, in your school place, in your job, around your neighborhood, is it worldliness? 
Is it worldliness? Or let's be more plain about it. Let's, is it your sin? Maybe that's why. Sin. Because you wasted so much time in these sinful things that you're still messing around with and you don't see how much time it has chunked out of you. It has sucked the energy and the joy out of you. It kept putting guilty conscience after guilty conscience in you. Could it be because of busyness then? Because everyone, especially uh, when you're in California or New York, we all run around like chickens with their heads cut off. That's the time and day and age we live in. You go to the South, they're so laid back, you know. So pretty much they got nothing to do so they can go to church. <laughs> no, please forgive me, all right? If you're in the South, don't get angry. Don't unsubscribe, please. I love you all. <laughs> but the thing is this, is that in the big cities that we live in, that's the tendency is always busy. Busy, busy, busy. And I understand that myself because I was full-time school and full-time pastoring a church and then trying to make ways meet. So I understand that. Busyness is the number one excuse, but busyness, could that be the reason why that you know that your Bible reading, your prayer, and your spiritual conditions have not been improving, and maybe that's the reason why you don't feel like you've gotten the joy of the Lord. Maybe that's the reason why your prayers haven't been getting answered. Maybe it's because it's just discouragement. Maybe because of discouragement, that's why you feel like that the spiritual accomplishment that you've done is still so small. You beat yourself down and you say, man, when I compare myself with some brothers and sisters in this room or to the pastor, I feel like there's a long way to go. And, and you get so discouraged and then every time you spiritually accomplish something for the Lord, you don't get happy about it. You don't take joy in it. You're not patient in it. And you know what? You got to realize that is from the devil. The devil is the one that put the discouragement in you. That's not conviction from the Holy Spirit. That's probably the reason why you feel like your spiritual labor is small and you're still struggling. A lot of times I felt that way too. I beat myself up over the head and saying, Lord, what did I do wrong? Why isn't my church growing? What did I do wrong? And you got to realize that when your spiritual labor feels such a hassle, a struggle, and so small, that's just plainly the cause is discouragement. <clears throat> and that is from the devil and that is not sent from God. It's usually those small things that the Lord do, does great things, does he not? So what is it? I hope that your eyes are starting to open up a little bit. And you're starting to see the causes now. The causes to why the Lord has not been giving you the true joy that you wanted. You're still attached to some worldly environment, friends, family members. You're still attached to the sin that you're struggling with. To that screen, to the drinking, to the music, to whatever it is. Discouragement. You always think negative thoughts. You don't take joy in what the Lord's going to lose out of you. Or the Lord's trying to teach you patience. It's busyness. You let the things that happen with family, workplace, marriage, or even New sudden things that just randomly come out of nowhere and fall upon your lap to make you more busy. You let these things prevent you. You need to check carefully the causes that made you fall. And you need to open your eyes. So sometimes we have to look more carefully at the causes now. Okay, we see that worldliness or sin or discouragement or busyness is what's 
preventing us from spiritually growing. But now let's look even deeper now. Let's even look back even further. All right, let's go back even further. Why did you fall into the trend of busyness again? Why did you fall into discouragement again? Why did you fall into worldliness or sin again? Why? Could it be the feelings of your flesh? Maybe the flesh just memorized how busy it was. And it was like a robot procedure, so then it just tends to go by that type of schedule. Is it the feelings of your flesh? Because maybe that's why you fell into sin again. Because it just, I mean, it just feels good and you need it. It just feels right. And you hear so many garbage music going around about feeling good, feeling good, what your heart desires, what your heart wants. And that's wickedness. It's because of the feeling of your flesh. It feels great when you have a nice home, worldliness, when you have nice property, when your family's all in order and you have enough money to take care of your children's future, your own security, and then plans for your retirement, etc. It feels great. Is it the feelings of your flesh? The flesh tends to be discouraged more than encouraged. So if the flesh feels bad, you're tired, you had a bad day, the flesh will tend to feel discouraged. That's why discouragement seems in. So could it be the feelings of your flesh? Let's look at probably another instance. Maybe it's because of the people you hang around with. The people you hang around with. If everybody in your work environment or in your school environment, for example, are so preoccupied with their work or their studies, you tend to follow along with them. If they tend not to come to church, you tend to follow along with them. And maybe that's why busyness took over. It's because of the people you, that you hang around with. Maybe because that's why you fall into worldliness and sin again. Why? Because you just feel weird with the people that you love and hang around with. They look at you funny. They look at you weird. And that's the reason why you have the tendency to fall into the worldliness or the sin again. People you hang around with because they always say, you know, why do you have such a small church? You know, that spiritual thing that you've done is not as great compared to what I did for the Lord. The people you hang around with, that's what causes you discouragement. I know it did for me, because I sometimes, believe it or not, some Bible-believing pastors, when I hang around them, I get that discouraged vibe from them. It happens. It happens. Maybe, let's look at another example. Maybe it's because you don't recall what the Bible said first. Maybe you wouldn't have fell into that worldliness or that sin again if you just, before you looked at it, at the advertisement on television or something wrong and dirty on the freeway billboard, that maybe if you quoted a Bible verse, then you wouldn't have fell for that worldly attraction that the TV advertisement gave to you so that you can buy it, buy it so that you can want it, or that you can fall into that sin again due to the dirty billboard. Maybe if you quoted a Bible verse first. Maybe it's because you didn't recall a by what the Bible says. And that's why you fell into worldliness and sin again. Maybe that's the reason why you fell into discouragement again. Because you didn't recall what the Bible told you. You didn't recall the preaching. Everyone forgets the preaching. You go, amen, that's a good sermon. And you forget when you don't put that into practice. And that's why you fell into discouragement again. Busyness. You didn't quote a Bible verse. You don't recall the preaching that could have helped you on that one. 
I mean, I actually preached the sermon uh, twice, uh, very busy and very dizzy, actually. I preached that twice because it helped me a lot in my life concerning busyness. Perhaps uh, it's because of self-attention and pride. Maybe that's the deeper cause and the reason. Maybe that's another instance why you fell into worldliness and sin again. It's because you want something that pleases you. You want people to pay attention to you. And if people don't pay attention to you, then there must be something wrong with them. And that's the reason why sin stirs up within you again. And you get bitter and mad when mom and dad tell you not to do that. Or when pastor preaches against that kind of topic. Why? Because self-attention and pride. And you want to keep your worldliness. You want to keep your sin. Self-attention and pride, that's why you're discouraged. Why? Because you want to think about me, 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 poor me. You don't want to think about there are so many people who are suffering worse than you. Because it gets attention off of you. See, so you take great pride in yourself and that's why you constantly get discouraged. That's why you, that's another reason why you could be busy as well. That's another reason why you could fall into sin again. Maybe another reason why is because you don't observe your outward actions. You don't observe. We don't pay attention to how we talk or we react. But you ever notice that if someone video recorded you, then you get so embarrassed and you go, why did I say that? Why did I act that way? So if God were to show you that video recording at the judgment seat of Christ of when you fell into worldliness and sin and discouragement, busyness, etc. The times where you're not spiritually progressing, you skipped and you failed your Bible reading, your prayer, your soul winning, and etc. If you saw that on video, then perhaps you would change your attitude, your heart, your feelings, and the way you talk and act and behave around other people. You probably change that, wouldn't you? But you don't. You don't see that. All you see is yourself, your own world. But if you actually saw the outside you, how you look discouraged, or how you feel Bible reading and prayer, how you fell into sin again, you know what you would do? You would just beat up you and say, stop doing that and just go to church. Amen. Why did you say that? Why did you behave that way? Why are you so selfish and prideful? Why are you so mean? Why are you so discouraged? Why are you so beaten down? Why don't you serve God? Maybe that's the deeper cause is because you don't observe your outward actions. But if you were to observe your outward actions on television, that would change that. Did this sermon help you a little bit more to see the causes now? The causes. And to realize that you're truly an holy instrument. And what these causes are embarrassing your holy vessel here. My second point is found on the next part of verse 8. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those, the wayfaring men. That's the thing, is that that's a powerful verse. The unclean, the unclean shall not pass. You need to look at all of these sinful problems. Or even if they're not considered sinful, if they prevented your spiritual growth, it is considered sinful. You need to see all these sinful areas and you need to tell that unclean thing, you will not pass this highway. But you let it pass. You let it pass 
into your highway and that's why it prevented you from walking, from progressing on the highway to heaven. As I mentioned before, your worldliness or your sin, it could be, that could be one of the causes, that could be one of the problems to why you're not spiritually growing in the Lord. But let's be more specific now and let's compare them with the deeper issues. I mean, what is the worldliness and the sin that you're struggling with? What is it that you're drinking? What is it that you're smoking? What is the drug that you're still taking? Do you still have these gambling issues? Do you still go out to the casinos? Is it that, Are you infatuated with your television, with your computer games, with the internet, your social networks, the cell phone, the worldly conversations that you have, something that's sensual and dirty and wrong? Is it your worldly music that you're struggling with again? Those times that you listen to your car that no one's listening. The things that you look up in your cell phone and mess around with that no one is looking. Is it because of the worldly dressing that you're still struggling with the worldliness and the sin? Is it other sinful addictions? Addictions. Addictions. What are the sinful things that you're addicted to that you cannot get victory? And then you say, I tried, Pastor. I tried to get victory. But you're not looking at the causes. Is it because of the feelings of your flesh? Because you let your flesh feel the way it feels and that's why you fell into the worldliness and the sin. Is it because of the people that you hang around with? Look, you hang around people who drink. You hang around who keep messing up with games. People who uh, dress sensually or appear or act sensually towards you. No wonder you still mess around with the worldliness or the sin. Is it the people that you hang around with? Is it because you don't recall what the Bible told you? What the preaching told you? What the Bible teaching told you? Or what you read from the scriptures or the memory verse that you're supposed to memorize? That's why you fell into sin. Like I told you before, you try sinning after you quote a verse. You quote a verse with God speaking to you. Well, I'll still mess up and sin again. Well, you might, but I'll tell you what, you'll have a hard time. It'll be a little blockade. It'll be at least a little prevention. Maybe it's because uh, you're just full of self-attention and pride. You don't think about other people. You don't think about other people. Maybe because you don't observe your outward actions. I mean, try video. Okay, if you're going to sin and mess up, video record yourself sinning, all right? Video record yourself sinning, and then after that, why don't you watch that? Then let's see you try to commit sin again after that. See, you don't observe your outward behavior. If you watch yourself sinning on TV, you'd be so embarrassed and you probably never want to do it again. But when you're sinning, you're not looking at yourself, how you behave, how you act. You only look at your own virtual fantasy world of sin and how it would feel good and taste good and hear good. Or it may not be sin, it's just worldliness. And you justify it and say, okay, pastor calls it worldly. The people think it's worldly. But you know, it's just a normal part of life. But look at yourself outside that box and see yourself, observe your behavior and action and probably you get under conviction and change. What is it that uh, that is attached to this world that is blinding you and preventing you from spiritually growing. It's your nice house, right? Is it trying to get more money? 
Is it the nice area that you live in that, or that you desire and dream? A nice car? Is it clothes? Makeup? Fun things in life? Social things in life? Fun things in this world? What is it? The things of this world, is that what preventing you from spiritually growing? And well, how did you get those worldly things to begin with, huh? Because how your flesh felt, right? That was a deeper cause. It's because of the people you hung around with, right? And they influenced you. It's because you didn't recall what the Bible told you, right? What the preacher preached. It's because you are all thinking about yourself, self. Pride, me, 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 me. Or it's because you don't even observe how your outward, your outward actions in the eyes of others. You're not seeing how you behave, how you are. Discouragement and depression always happens. And it could be because of the issues with your health. Some of you have painful struggles with your health. And man, when the flesh hurts, it really hurts. But you got to realize this, that's the cause. It's from the feeling of your flesh. And the feeling of the flesh is what's preventing you from spiritually growing. And that's what causes you to get depressed and discouraged again. Money issues. When you're jobless or when you're not making enough money or you're struggling to make ends meet or you're paying all your debts and you're still in debt and you want to get out of debt, that's why you get easily discouraged and depressed. Well, what could that be? Could that have been caused by because of the people you hung around with? Or self-attention and pride? Maybe if you recalled what the Bible said first, you would not have gotten discouraged, depressed easily, right? Over your money issues? Over being jobless? Over your debts? I mean, when you look at your bills, you just keep quoting, My God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You keep telling yourself and reminding yourself what the Bible says. Does not our God own a cattle on a thousand hills? I mean, create all of creation. So what, uh, isn't, can't he take care of a little you? This small little life of yours? That would have cured your discouragement and depression during money issues. Maybe you're discouraged and depressed because of loneliness. And I knew what that was like. I knew what it was like to uh, study hard at Berkeley, staying away from the worldly friends. I did not get involved with the worldly friends over there. Because I was afraid that once I befriended somebody, then I get sucked in. Amen. So I stayed away from that. And when I pastored a church, I started out with two people. No way, nowhere near my age. And our demographics and our lifestyles is totally different. Nothing we can have in common. But I had, uh, so I understand the discouragement and depression. You know what kept me going? I had to recall what the Bible said. I had to recall all of God's promises. I had to tell myself, this is a feeling of the flesh. And you can't let how your flesh feels get the best of you. I can't let the people that I look around me influence my thinking. Look at them, how they're hanging around with people. Why can't I have that? So the people you hang around with make a big difference. I couldn't have self-attention and pride. I can't think about me, me, me. What kept me going to not quit the ministry, to face through loneliness? Think about souls dying and burning in hell. That got me out of self-attention and pride. I had to look at my outward actions. Always being depressed, always being miserable. And if I looked at myself in a mirror, I'm like saying, Gene, put some life in you. 
That would solve your discouragement and depression during loneliness. Maybe it's suffering. I don't know what you're suffering. Maybe you lost somebody close in your life. Whatever you're suffering, though, that discouragement, that depression, may have been cured if you saw the original cause to begin with. Perhaps you didn't recall what the Bible told you. Perhaps it's because of the people you hang around with who seem to have better lives than you and they don't seem to be suffering. Perhaps it's because how your flesh feels. It feels painful. It feels miserable. So it wants to stay that way. You get discouraged and depressed because you lack spiritual results. And that happens, you know, if you don't feel like that you led a lot of social salvation or somebody left your church again or perhaps that you try to work with somebody and that person, you know, just fell away and you don't seem to be accomplishing a lot for the Lord and that's why you get easily discouraged and depressed. But again, are those from the feelings of your flesh? Is it because you're having so much pride and attention to yourself rather than so many thousands in China and Muslim countries who are suffering worse than you are, who have smaller spiritual results than you are, yet they're standing strong for Jesus Christ. So many other ministries who are struggling and have smaller amounts of people than you do. You know what kept me going? Hey, uh, some of you may not know this, but what kept me going as pastoring here in California was thinking about Pastor Steve Andrus. Not a big church, but he's been here much longer than I am, three times longer than I am. Right? But look, he still hold the fort. So I would, I told myself all by myself with two people, look, man, I mean, he can hold the fort. I should do much better. Come on. And I did it. Thinking about the missionary to Japan, Brigham, when he was working there more full time. Talking about that he only passed out two tracks within 20 minutes in a busy Japanese subway. That kept me going. You get ridiculed by sinners and fellow Christians and that's why you get discouraged and depressed. And for me, that was a huge thing because I'm a pastor whom everybody knows online. So public will watch me. Not only that, the Bible-believing preachers will know about me and they really discouraged me because of my, uh, because of my status being single and a young age, it's more easy to find problems with me. It's, easy, it's more easy to find criticisms against me. And then I let ridicule by sinners and fellow Christians discourage me and depress me. But I had to recall what the Bible said. I had to recall what God says. And I had to say, look, it's what God says, not what man says. Right. So you keep doing the ministry, what God called you to yes. do. And don't yes. care what other people think. When people leave the church or when more people unsubscribe online, post a negative comment that I was unloving and I shouldn't have said it that way. And sure, there are times because I have a compassion and care for people, I doubt myself. Don't you know, I still doubt myself. I go, maybe I could have changed it this way. I could have said it that way. I didn't have to teach it at that time. But I had to tell myself, look, what mattered was what God said, not what you said. And you got to trust God. You get tired. And tiredness really prevents us from serving the Lord, from spiritually progressing. Why do we get tired? Because of suffering. When we suffer, we tend to be more tired and we don't get motivated to come out soul winning. Because of busyness. You think that after a long day of work that you feel so motivated to, now it's time to read the Bible? It's time to pray? We get so tired because of, why? We don't take good care of our health. You don't exercise properly. You don't have a good diet. Amen. 
because you get locked up in home and that's why because of those things you get more tired easily and you lack sleep so that's why we get tired Amen. because basically why do we get tired of reading the bible praying and soul winning because we just have no desire that happens Let's be honest. Don't be so spiritual now and say, how dare you, pastor? No, 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 you hypocrite, okay? I know there was a time in your life that you just plainly had no desire. You plainly had no desire to read the Bible and say, why do I have to read the Bible? You had no desire to come to church today. Don't be so pious now, all right? You didn't want to come to church today. You want me to be honest with you? I didn't want to come to church today. I didn't want to preach to you today. I want to get away, you know? Good preaching. All right, I'm being honest with you, all right? <laughs> oh, Sunday again, Wednesday again. Oh. <laughs> but you know what that is? You know, that's why, that's why we all get tired. Why? Plainly because of no desire. All right, I don't do that every Sunday and every Wednesday, all right? Don't feel bad, all right? I love seeing you all. I can't wait to fellowship. I can't wait to sing. There are times I just love preaching and I love teaching, all right? But there are those moments that the flesh comes out, and you do too, okay? You do too, okay? Especially when you go on a long drive, you get tired. Long drives especially becomes tired. But why do you get tired And that's and during these specific instances? Well, because why don't you have no desire and you become tired? Because of suffering, you get tired. Busyness, you get tired. You don't take care of your health, you become tired. It's because feelings of the flesh. That was the original cause. Your flesh didn't feel that way. So that's why you took poor care of your health. That's the reason why you had no desire to begin with. It's because of the people you hung around with. People you hung around with, you get tired. Or you get so much self-attention and pride. Or you didn't recall what the Bible told you. Or you didn't observe your outward action. If you saw how depressed and tired and Always tired, always tired you look. You would probably say, man, just drink some coffee and get some life in you. <laughs> Busyness is another reason why we don't spiritually grow. And it's due to our job we become busy. School, we become busy. Or other things we become preoccupied. It could be the children. You just had a newborn baby. You get so preoccupied. Or you're preoccupied with your family. Or you're preoccupied because some kind of bad instance has happened in your life. And busyness happens. And we let these things prevent us from spiritually growing because we didn't see the original cause. What caused you to become busy to begin with and you let it catch up to you? You didn't look at your outward action. If you did, you would have been more careful. Because that's how your flesh felt. It was addicted and prone to that busy phase. So you let your flesh's feel, your fleshly feeling get the best of you. It's because all you thought about yourself Thought about me, me, me. A critical spirit happens. And why does a critical spirit prevent a church from growing? Your own life from growing? It could be specific instances that a critical spirit comes out. Not just being nitpicky, finding problems here and there. Because of so much knowledge of the Bible, and that tends to become a critical spirit. A pastor said something wrong over here. Brother and sister in Christ said something wrong over there. So let me correct them, etc. It's because of pure legalism. You know, you're just so pharisaical. You think you're so spiritual and holy. And then the brother and sister in Christ did not dress as well like you did. Did not behave and act spiritually like you did. Legalism. Just complaining. Just complaining. Oh, you know, why are we stuck over here? You know? 
oh, why are we ended up, uh, I mean, outside's too hot. There were five cro cockroaches that we've counted three weeks ago. And this is a rundown building. And I mean, why can't we have it better? You know, pastor could have done a better schedule. You know, when you're a kid, you say, the games are not fun. I mean, it's just so boring and dull, you know. Oh, I wish I had so many more people around my age and people around uh, my culture, my background to fellowship with. And that critical spirit happens. That's why you can't spiritually grow. But why does why does that critical spirit come out? Because of self-attention and pride. You don't think about others. Didn't you know fellowship becomes much more sweeter when you think about others? It feels better too. It feels better when you start to think about others more than yourself. And the evidence is where you saw it at summer camp and at the blowout. You thought that you were in heaven because you were nitpicky. You were trying to find fights. You weren't being legalistic. You just loved each other. Yeah. Just thought about others. Maybe because you didn't observe your outward action. If you self-recorded yourself every time that you gave a complaint, you would just oh. slap yourself and say, oh, yeah. won't you shut up, man? Yeah. If you were my child, I'd slap you. Yeah. <laughs> One day you would do that when you have kids. And they're going to be a reflection of yourself. And you hate that. So you're going to slap them even more. And you're going to go, don't become that way. Things that waste time. That's a big thing. I, there's one thing I hate is wasting time. But there are things that waste time which prevents you from spiritually growing. And you know what they are. You spend too much time on... Okay. That's all I'll say, right? Those things happen and you spend so much endless minutes to hours on it. The conversations that you have with people when you could have cut the time shorter. And that wastes your time. Your work and your school situation is what wastes your time. And maybe that's what the reason why the Lord wants you to go to a different school. Pick a different major. Pick a different job and situation. And some of you people did that. Because you know that it would waste your time serving God. Sleeping wastes time. Didn't you know that? Sleeping wastes time. Sleeping wastes time. Fun time. You have your, oh, I need my rest time. I need my fun time. But it wastes your time, these fun times. Perhaps because you just have lack of time management. You're just bad at it. And you need to work on it. You need to write those notes down. You need to write out a schedule. But why do these things happen though? Why do I end up wasting time? Because of how your flesh felt. Your flesh does not want to write down a schedule. It does not want to t manage time. Your flesh is prone to just touch this a little more. Because it's a pretty little button. You want to... Amp up another level. You want to go to the next stage at the video game. You want to throw in a cool comment. You want to see the likes. Okay, how many likes did I get? How many views did I get? Because of the people that you hang around with. Because of self-attention and pride. What you want. Well, I love this job. I love this school. So I want to keep it that way. And that wasted your time from serving God. Impatience and a bad spirit prevents you from spiritually growing in the Lord. Didn't you know you can get impatient, you can get a bad spirit that happens during suffering? That's why bitterness comes out. That's why anger comes out. When you're, when you're accomplishing small things, you're not seeing progress in your work. You're not seeing progress in your marriage life, progress in your family in your children, or, or the prayer requests that you prayed for a long time and there's no progress. The ministry that you're working in. 
or because of eagerness, you want to accomplish something big. And then when you don't accomplish the big thing for the Lord, you just say, Lord, why? And you blame God. Because why? You just have an impatience and a bad spirit about it. But why did these things happen? Oh, the original causes, how your flesh felt. It's just flesh. You let the flesh get the best of you. You didn't recall what the word of God told you about patience, how God uses small things. Because of the people you hang around with. You see them growing bigger, doing better things. Life uh, without much suffering compared to you. That's why you get impatience and a bad spirit. This brings out to my final point. The Bible says at the final part of verse 8, Though fools shall not err therein. This is encouraging. This verse shows that even though you're a fool, you're not going to err. You're not going to fall away. Romans 14.4 says, Who art thou that judgest another man's servant? To his own master he standeth or falleth. Yea, he shall be holding up, holding up, for God is able to make him stand. That should encourage you that no matter how much of a fool you are in making mistakes over and over again, look, I make it, you make it, you're still going to make it. But guess what? You guarantee you'll never go wrong when you're determined to look at these original causes, the original litter that's in your highway, feelings of the flesh, people you hang around with, the times you didn't recall what the Bible told you, self-attention and pride, when you didn't observe your outward actions, when you have the determination, I want to get rid of these things, get this litter off of my holy highway, guess what? Yeah, you'll make mistakes, but you will see vast improvement. Vast improvement. I want to get victory over my sin and temptation. You can't until you look at the original cause behind it. You're not looking at the original cause first. Proverbs chapter 29 verse 1 says, He that being often reproved hardeneth his net shall suddenly be, dest be destroyed and that without remedy. That verse is very scary is that, see, you're hardening your neck despite of often being reproved. Why? Because you think that this is normal. I think I'll be fine for the Lord. Pastor, I, all these things that you've pointed out, okay, sure, but I think I'm doing fine as I am. I mean, it's not like uh, that I uh, stopped attending church, stopped my Bible reading and prayer permanently, not like I'm committing some drastic sin. It's not some sin that's going to affect some other people. It's just my little fleshly thing I sometimes get into here and there. I think I'll be fine for the Lord. I don't think I have to go that deep, like you said. I don't think I have to conquer these original causes as much. It's not that much too bad. Because the reason why is, Pastor, is it's going to feel a little bit too much strain to what I already have. That's good. I'm already strained with what I have already, so it's just a little too much. But that kind of weakness and indifference is what gave you the hurt of the litter to begin with, did it not? Why didn't you spiritually grow? Why did all these problems happen? Busyness, worldliness, sin, things of this world, discouragement, depression. Why did all those things happen to begin with? Because of that indifference of yours. That like toleration of yours. It's fine, it's fine, it's fine, but you don't realize you're dying right now. You're not all fine. You're dying, you're hurt, and you need to get rid of that cause. Otherwise, you're still going to keep going on with the trial that you're struggling with. The unanswered prayer requests. And the true joy that is not really felt. You'll still remain that way. 
Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 through 2 says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. You know, the verse encouraged you to lay aside your sin, your sinful cause, and look unto Jesus and endure and just to head forward. You know what I'm asking you from this sermon today? I'm actually not asking you to dedicate yourself to do a huge cleanup where I'm going to, okay, I give up the sin 100%. I'm going to faithfully attend church, soul winning everything 100%. No, I'm not asking you to do that in this message. You know what I'm asking you to do? I'm simply asking you to not get rid of that sin or that problem, but the cause behind it. All, that's all I'm asking you to do. Just get rid of the cause behind it. Like, did you let your flesh felt the way you wanted to feel? Is it because of the people you hang around with? Was that your influence? Was it because you didn't recall what the Bible said first before you did it? Is there, is there that self-attention and pride in you? Or it's because you don't observe your outward actions, how you're talking and behaving. If you simply dedicated those things to the Lord, I guarantee you this, is that you will see progression. Those sinful things and those problems will fade away more and more. But if you can't dedicate yourself even those small things, then guess what? How are you going to dedicate yourself to conquer your problems and sins? Never. It shows that you probably didn't even dedicate yourself anything for the Lord then. If you dedicate yourself just on these causes, then trust me, the dedication will grow even more. What will you dedicate to the Lord? What litter is on this highway right now that you will say to the litter, you shall not pass. Every head bow and every eye shut. The altar call is open. If the Lord laid upon your heart, feel free to come forward on this altar's floor and to look at the cause. It's not the sin. It's not the problem. All right? Some of you have repented about that uh, on the altar, that sin and that problem like the thousandth time. I'm not even asking you to do that. It's the cause. The cause. Dedicate yourself the Lord, to the Lord today on the cause. Tell the Lord that, Lord, before I fall into the same problem, the same habit, and the same sin again, I will recall the preaching, the word of God, the teaching, the memory verse, what is said before I even do it. Lord God, it's the people that I've hung around with. I promise, Lord, that I'm going to distance myself from them. I'm going to distance myself. I'm going to be more abstract. I'm going to stay away a little bit more. I'm going to hang around a little bit more with the people in this church. That's what I need, Father. That's what will help me be spiritually motivated. Help me to hang around the people who come forward. Lord, I'm not going to go by how my flesh feels. I'm going to remember that. I'm going to remember it's because my flesh feels this way. And I can't let it take over my in a compulsive way. Lord, I 
realized that I wasn't thinking about other people. I wasn't thinking about so many other people who are in need, who are in hurt. And that's the reason why I had a critical spirit. That's the reason why I got discouraged and had a self-pity party. Lord, I'm going to start observing my outward action. I'm going to view myself as if I'm watching myself on TV and see myself as, look, man, just get up out of that problem. How embarrassing that is. Come on, get out of there. What is your cause that has become the litter on your holy highway? Whatever that unclean litter is on the holy highway, tell that litter you will not pass. When the feelings of the flesh come up, say, you shall not pass. When people you hang around with come to join you on your highway, you tell them, you shall not pass. When self-attention and pride starts to come into your holy highway, you say, you shall not pass. When you're not observing your outward actions and neglect of that, and you're not looking at yourself on how you behave and act, tell that litter, you're not going to pass over this line. Get out of here. I am going to observe my act. I'm going to look at myself. When a failure and a neglect and pure ignorance of the Bible comes up where you don't recall what the Bible told you first before you did something. And that starts to come into your highway again. Tell that thing, you will not pass. I will remember. I will quote the verse. I will remember the preaching. I will look at it on a billboard. I will write it down on a piece of paper, post it on my refrigerator, on my screen, on my driving wheel on the mirror in my bedroom. God, my Father, I pray that whatever unclean litter is in our holy highway, that it will be kicked out of there. Heavenly Father, these are the main causes on why we have fallen so many times, and I pray that we'll get victory over it, so that we can do great things for you, see our lives spiritually progress. And if our lives spiritually progress, hence we can see finally the answer to prayers. Taste what true joy is in our lives in the Lord. To see your mighty hand at work, in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you.